I read a lot of tweets and also an occasional <laughs> book. It's fine. Twitter has broken. I sat down yesterday and read 95% of a book. I started it while I was camping and then got to pay, like page 30 maybe and then finished the rest like 330 pages all in one day yesterday and was so proud of myself. And sometimes I sit down and like really trying to do that because Twitter has broken my brain. And sometimes uh, it's just too many characters in a book and not people characters, too many, literally too many letters. Yeah. <laughs> so sometimes that. I have to sit down and force myself to um, read the entire thing. And you know what? It's a great book. Well, and there's a big difference between like holding this book and reading and then just holding your phone and scrolling. Yeah. Right. Like I'll probably read as much as I would in a book on my screen in a day. Mm-hmm. But it's just, it's just not, it's not good for my brain. Some of it is, but. Yeah, some of it is. Cause you're still, you know, taking in information. It's not the same, but I would liken it to the idea of saying like, I don't want to sit down and watch a whole movie and <laughs> watching like seven episodes of something. Okay. Well, that's, that's actually that's more time. Yeah. <laughs> that, I've been there. I feel really targeted right now. Like, <laughs> yeah. Obviously. I'm not going to watch a movie. It's too long three episodes of star trek later you're like wow that was more than a movie oh because they're hour longs right yeah so they end up being like 40 minutes when you watch them yeah so uh let's just do a little discussion today okay on, on great faith. there's some things i want to talk to you about oh sorry about faith oh about not about each other i was not gonna each other. i had no. some stuff to bring you to cannot table. fix me you're not bringing stuff up i've tried i know and i'm a lost cause <laughs> not uh, one ounce of quitting me though <laughs> so they, <laughs> they, whoever they is, they say, don't talk about um, politics and religion with mm-hmm. family and friends. Right. Mm-hmm. Obviously we talked about politics, so we're good. Uh, we're going to tackle religion now. How's that sound? Sounds good. You know, it's so funny that we're going to have this conversation the other day, my friend of like 10 years, very, very close friend of mine. Um, she came over, we were watching the friends reunion. Uh, we're hanging out and literally out of the blue, like she's sitting at my desk doing some work on her own computer. I'm like across the apartment working on some stuff, cleaning or something like that. And she just goes, do you believe in God? <laughs> first, it just was the first time we've talked about it. Also out of the blue. She, and the way she asked me was as if she was saying, can you pass me that highlighter? Like, it was just so, <laughs> so uh, that. yeah, that's how, that's how it should be. Right. Like it should be in my opinion, no barriers. Like asking yeah. somebody, Hey, are, are you religious? Do you believe in God? Like, yeah. is okay. I'm not going to judge you if you don't. I'm just curious. Right. Yeah. I also think the whole, like, don't talk about religion and politics with, you know, family and friends is so ah, just boring to me. Yep. Well, you it know? gets us to where we are today, where when we do talk about it, people absolutely lose their mind. If you disagree with them. Totally. Yeah. Right. Like that. Speaking of feeling seen, how dare you come at me like that? Exactly. <laughs> so uh, when I, so I guess we'll start with uh, some introductions. Oh yeah. Should we do that? I love how unorganized and conversational this entire show is. This Can is a professional machine. <laughs> how dare you? Casper mattress didn't sign on for nothing. You know, <laughs> there you go. Uh, so welcome to the show. Welcome to My America. My name is Dan. I am half of this team. I am uh, living in Michigan, independent voter. I have long been a conservative. I am definitely progressive nowadays, but still have a lot of love for the conservative 
folks in my life. And so uh, we are talking about our politics and our faith and our lives through that lens. Uh, I'm cisgender, heterosexual male uh, in marketing, married with kids. That's me. It's my life in a nutshell. No, this is me in a nutshell. That's a Ugh. awesome powers thing. I hate that I say that every time. Anyway, go ahead, Kim. <laughs> Your turn. Thanks for really setting me up for success <laughs> with that uh, impression there. Um, thank you, Dan. That was very kind of you to welcome me to your show. I'm excited to be a guest. My name is Kim. Um, I'm a white, cisgender, heterosexual female living in Los Angeles. Um, super liberal. Never, never not been liberal. Um, even in the womb, I had like this cute little picket sign that was like, we should be able to vote. Broad by voters doesn't exist. Why? That had to hurt your mom. That Yeah. Picket. I, and like, frankly, I don't even know how, <laughs> I guess it just was formed as I became a little person I and I had believe ears that. and hands. I believe that. <laughs> it was the smallest little picket sign. <laughs> <laughs> On a toothpick. That's just terrible. Um, oh man. Um, uh, yeah, I live here in LA. I am liberal. Oh, we already talked about that. Uh, yeah. seems like they got it under control. This is so. like our 20 plus episode, still trying to figure it out. If you, <laughs> if you me. listen to more than one, you know who we are. This is your, yeah. this is your first, I hope you come back. I don't know. Anyway, welcome. And, uh, we'll see how it goes. Yeah. Uh, so I, I love hearing how many people actually listen to us. I've had a couple of my friends say, I love the episode you did, blah, 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 whatever. So that like, that's awesome. So welcome yeah. back listeners. Yes. Welcome back. Um, I have a friend, Debbie, not my mom, another Debbie who listens. And then it's my favorite is she, she, she sends me messages as she is listening, like a live, (laughs) um, live tweeting it essentially. And, uh, I enjoy that very much. I feel bad because I'm terrible at it's on Facebook messenger and I'm really slow at reading those messages sometimes, Yeah, but I do enjoy them very much. Oh, that's amazing. Uh, so Today, we are talking about religion, about faith, about Christianity in particular, just because that's what I am. Um, And I propose this idea that the white church has failed me. And you're like, yeah, let's unpack that. So I'm a little concerned that you went so aggressively for it. (laughs) No, I, for me, I started with when I read uh, Jesus and John Wayne by uh, Kristen Kobes Dumez. I'm probably saying that wrong. And I'm. I'm sorry, Kristen. Um, but Kristen wrote this book and it's how white evangelicals corrupted a faith and fractured a nation. And I just thought, oh gosh, this is going to be good. And I and I'd seen it on Twitter and it was pretty good. When I read it, it blew my mind. The incredible and disturbing alignment between this fake cowboy thing and Christianity is mind blowing. And I can't even tell you the whole story because there's just so much to unpack there. Um, but that in addition to doing some anti-racism work in the world and seeing how the church just does not help. Um, And when I say the church, I'm talking specifically like Protestant evangelical white churches. Uh, And it's just, it's just incredible. It is so disappointing. And so that was kind of where it started for me. Um, And I have a post I want to unpack with you and then maybe even an email we can talk about when I proposed this idea, what what was your thought? Um, I thought it was going to be great because, um, I think that you have been, we've talked about this a little bit um, and not to put words in your mouth, but a little bit to put words in your mouth. Um, You've been on a a journey for for a few years now, of um, just kind of doing some soul searching and and, um, sort of expanding like information that you're taking in and um, your work in anti-racism work and um, looking, you and I have talked 
about the church here and there and um, your feelings on it in general, um, in, in like the micro and the macro. And so I thought it would be interesting to have this conversation given like where you are right now in your beliefs and your political beliefs and, and all that kind of stuff, looking at the church, because I definitely don't think this, the church is what kicked it off for you and like put you on this journey that you are on now. But I think that has been a, a big part of it. And so I think uh, as we're doing this podcast, that was something that I wanted to talk about yeah. mostly because I told you <laughs> to start your own church. You did. You <laughs> I did. did. I, have I said, start your own church times. like five different times. Yeah. And you're not the yeah. only person to say that too. Yeah. So to be clear, I am not a theologian. I am not, I did not go to school for, for pastoral work or biblical anything. Um, my, my faith is very much just my found journey. Um, I am Christian. I believe in God. I believe that uh, he sent his son, Jesus to our world and he was crucified and then he left behind the Holy spirit. And that's what, that's my beliefs. I love Jesus. Uh, I also believe that we have uh, we've kind of got some stuff wrong. <laughs> <laughs> we kind of we get some stuff wrong. And and I, I try to take in, you, you talked about the, what, like my journey, my different voices that I hear, not just the ones in my head. I listen to podcasts like the Antioch podcast, which is, um, has long been uh, anti-racism through a biblical lens. Uh, they do some other stuff as well, but they're, but they are biblical. They are Christian and they are based in Michigan, which is fun because that's where I am. Uh, I've, I've been doing some, some reading and seeing how other pastors interact and stuff, whether it's through anti-racism work or it's, you know, supporting the LGBTQ plus community and reaching out rather than trying to use the Bible as a weapon. So it's just, it's interesting to me to see how everybody sees Jesus differently and how they mm -hmm. see God's love differently. Um, so as we're on this conversation today, I cannot speak to uh, the Jewish faith. I know nothing about uh, the, the nation of Islam or the Muslim faith or Buddhism. This is just my journey on the white American evangelical church and how we've, we have gotten so much wrong. Um, so I guess, I don't know, where do you want to start? What do you want to do? So I'm going to read you this. I'm going to read you and our listener this. Everyone post. else, plug your ears. Stan's going to read this to me only. Yep. And then we'll come we'll, back. We'll come back. Uh, I want to share this post on Facebook that I put up just last night, actually, as we're recording this. Um, for the listeners. So I said, I once had a pastor from the pulpit openly mock any Christian who prays before bed, the quote, now I lay me down to sleep prayer. Now, for those who do know, it's, it's like a childhood prayer. We teach it to our kids. It's very rhythm and rhyming. It's now I lay me down to sleep. I pray the Lord and my soul to keep. We know that, right? Anybody who listens to Metallica knows that song as well. Anyway, um, the pastor said it's childish. Uh, instead of mocking and demeaning fellow Christians, maybe an open mind would be better. Much like the Lord's prayer, which is that our father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, also rhythmic and mm -hmm. simple. And it teaches us to say things in a certain way. Anyway, much like the Lord's prayer, this bedtime prayer can be a rehearsed and comfortable beginning to a prayer time wherein one commu communes, communes with their creator. <laughs> I don't know how to read. Perhaps the routine okay. and tradition and rhythm of this prayer puts one in the mindset to reflect on the day in gratitude instead of mocking, maybe spiritual leaders could lift up their flock. I wouldn't think Jesus would make fun of how those looking up to him prayed. I don't think demeaning others or tearing them down is very mm, Christ-like, or maybe I'm just not a masculine enough Christian eh, and gave the little shruggy emoji mm -hmm. uh, hashtag bedtime thoughts. Cause that was, I was laying on the bed 
and I was beginning to say Did my you say prayer. Hashtag bedtime. Hashtag bedtime thoughts. I don't know what I said. As soon as I say it, it's out of my head. Uh, I was thinking my my bedtime tradition, my right, like my my yeah. bedtime routine, and that came into mind. And so I was thinking about that. And so that's part of my problem with the church in general is the fact that because we're all humans and we're all broken and flawed, humans lead it. So humans are gonna make mistakes. I get that. That's fine. But I feel like that demeaning and making fun of and mocking is a regular occurrence in churches. Now, sure. I don't know how many churches it's a part of, just say my perspective. Um, but, you know, I can think of more than one time where that kind of thing happens. Um, a fellow Christian from this church that I used to attend, uh, who is a recovering addict, posted during political season last year, uh, one of those memes, whatever, making fun of uh, Joe Biden's son for his drug addiction. And it, you know, was somebody cool. covered. Yeah. Somebody covered in like white, you know, powder saying, well, this is, you know, Biden, blah, 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 whatever. And I was like, I sent him a private message. I said, dude, you're a recovering addict. This person is, 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 or was an addict. Also, you're going to make fun of them rather than support them. That doesn't feel like what our faith would teach us. And he was like, you know what, dude, you're right. I'm going to take it down. I appreciate you calling me out. That was, you know, whatever. Yeah. Now taking it down is good, but what about making your own post to say, I did this thing and I realized it was wrong. Let's stop doing that folks. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So like the this, like quiet takedown. It's already out right? there. Right. And, and so I just feel like, and I've seen a lot of Christians in the last couple of years here, maybe because I notice it more, maybe it's just become more prevalent taking that act, that, that side of mocking others, making fun of them, tearing people down, you know, our, our own president who led this evangelical arm of our country for so long, openly mocked people with disabilities. Uh, you know, like I just, so that's one of my problems with the church right now is that, that perspective, why do we have yeah. to be so attacking of others? And, and that's not, we can have this conversation about the church, but I think that it would be um, lacking if we didn't at least mention that that is not just a problem with the church sure. with, and, and like, or specific to your church or specific to your faith, that that is a problem in, well, it's just a problem in the world. It's not a new problem. It's not a special problem. It is a problem. And acknowledging that is important because otherwise it's just easy to say, well, that's a problem with that faith specifically. Sure. And um, either the solution is, and we don't, there is no solution. We don't have to deal with it because that's not our problem because we're better or, um, so we should minimize the amount of people that have that same faith or demonize the people, or they're all like that anyway. Right. And that just becomes more and more of a problem. Mm. Um, because that, that's just a unfortunate and awful place that we, you know, we all, as you said, we're all flawed humans. Um, we're always in that place, but it certainly feels like, and maybe it's social media, maybe it's just because we just had a president who said the, the worst, some of the worst things. Um, so we don't really, it just like allowed other people to think that they could say whatever dumb thing comes into their head uh, mm. without consequence, because there was no consequence for the, even the highest people up there. You know what I mean? Yep. And, um, and, but, but this is going to be a conversation about the church and, and faith and all of that. But I just wanted to make sure that we were 
at least acknowledging that that is not yeah. um, a unique problem. Yeah, absolutely. And, and and my thought is like the church is supposed to be a loving place, kind. Like if we're going to model our church after that, that savior, Jesus Christ, he was giving and loving and compassionate and empathetic. He, he sat with, he sat with sinners. He helped the the needy and the downtrodden and the marginalized, all these things. And then like, if, but, but then we're going to model our faith after mocking people instead. Now, again, it's, yeah. it's a widespread problem. I want to hold my church people to that higher standard. Not that we're better, but like, can we just act better, please? So yeah, great acknowledgement. <laughs> yeah. Thank you for that. So that's one of my problems. Now, the other one I was thinking of uh, in preparation for this conversation is one of the reasons why I left a particular church was because it's just, it's just too white. <laughs> that sounds so dumb, but, <laughs> but in all honesty, like this church was set is set in a community that is at, at least biracial. It may not be super diverse. There may not be all kinds of ethnicities and differing races, but there are at least black and white in this community. Mm-hmm. And it's pretty diverse as far as those two ethnicities, those two races go. And yet, the congregation is completely white. The leadership of that church is completely white, also completely male. There isn't a female in head leadership that doesn't report to a male. And I just don't love it. Right. And yeah. And, and I, and I, and I've seen, I don't know. I just don't love that. I, I want, I don't want to just bring in, Oh, we, you know, our base player is black. So we're diverse on the worship team. Like that's not, no, you, you need different voices and perspectives at the leadership level. Yeah. If you're going to have any kind of diversity at all. Um, and so that was one of the things why I think, and, and and that's why I think that when I saw that church not say anything about the murder of George Floyd, but created an event called back the blue. <laughs> I think I was, that that is saying something about the murder of George Floyd. Exactly. You're absolutely right. You know, you're absolutely right. Let's not pretend like, that is just something that's just by coincidence or right. one has nothing to do with the other. And, and by the way, what is the point of an event like that? Yep. Um, you know, I, th- I would like to think that you could do something to show support to your local police because they are a good department. And because maybe, maybe you feel like police in general are getting a bad rap. You know, I just watched a, 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 a program. <laughs> I just watched a, <laughs> A news program. I feel like a seven-year-old watching a my talkie? programs. Um, I watched CBS Sunday Morning this this past week, and it was you all are about eighty-year-old. I know, I know. <laughs> I love it though. Um, and it was all about police in America. The entire hour and a half was all about police in America, and there were different perspectives from, you know, um, there was a, a woman whose son police murdered. There was a a son whose dad was an officer who was killed in the line of duty. Uh, there was talk of policing around the world. How can we, be, how can we have better police? There was a story on this um, uh, mental health ambulance in San Francisco. Like it was incredible. There was such, mm-hmm. such good stuff there. And part of it was you know, there, there were officers that say, yep, I get told often, thank you for your service. Um, I've had people buy my lunch or breakfast or a coffee. Um, I've also had people spit at me and tell me that I'm terrible and they don't even know me. Um, including black officers. So it's not just a white problem. It's, it's an officer, you know, 
problem that they're facing. Right. And so it's just very interesting. So, so I was thinking there's a way to support officers in your local departments without making it uh, a, a response to black lives matter. Right. It's like saying, yeah. well, all lives matter. Well, blue lives matter. Well, blah, blah, like, well, that's not your, that's, that's a that's, job. That's completely different. Right. Right. And, uh, um, not to get us too far off track here, but just no, like fine. my immediate response to that is, yeah, there is a way and it's defund the police <laughs> right? because like I, it, defund the police gets such a, um, and I know that some people have a problem with the terminology and they, you know, it's reallocating the funds. It doesn't matter. Like we're sticking with defund the police. That is a way to support them because then you're not sending, you're supporting the community and you're supporting them also. Like it, it would help the officers because you're not sending them out on calls where they're just not suited for it. They're not right. trained for um, uh, mental health uh, break or they're not trained for, you know, all these things that we're just sending them out on. And then their response is poor because for a lot of reasons, not to um, just say it's only because they're not trained, you know, so there are um, tough to say when it's tough to say bad apples when there's so many and not yep. just the roots, the roots of the tree um, rooted in slavery. Um, but, you know, th that is a way to support them. Not again, not to get us too far off track, but yeah. I'm just here to to, um, I guess, be prickly. <laughs> That's say, your role on this show, I guess. Um, I know I'm so nice. Ooh, am I? Mm, I don't know. No. I guess not, but I don't know about that. Uh, yeah, I don't know either, but, <laughs> but that's what, know. you know, th those, those two things, the, the lack of diversity and leadership and the absolute yeah. just ignoring of the murder of George Floyd, you know, that next, that next, that following Sunday, I went to my church online streaming to see what they were doing for the community. Now I realized that Mr. Floyd was not a member of my little community in Michigan, but it was, it was a traumatic experience that everything else going on, like you have to be, mm -hmm. you have to be able to say something about this. Like if we're going to say prayers for other people, why are we not doing this for this, for this community? Yeah. And, and nothing was said. And I don't remember how many weeks went by until finally some, there was a, a message and it was run by a white pastor whose wife is black. And the two of them came up and talked and they shared a great story. It was, it was a very good experience. And also it was very much like, but we're not gonna talk about the systemic problem. We're gonna talk about it's a sin problem. It's a, it's a, and I was like, well, but now no, like it's both, it's both. Yeah. And so I just feel like the white American church gets that really wrong. Social justice is not just a sin problem of one person or a singular personal sin problem. It's a, those, that sin problem among individuals becomes a systemic problem. And that's yeah. the sin of a nation now. And that's yeah. biblical. The sin of a nation is biblical. That's, that's in the Bible. They talk about that with Israel, the sin of the nation brought down the wrath of God. Right. And so we can have that discussion, but too many white churches just aren't. Instead, what they're doing is you know, going to say, well, we're going to open up a satellite church in the black neighborhood and just give them free jackets and mittens for the winter. Did you, did you ask that community? They have a church. Can you partner yeah. with that church instead? You know, can you do something like, I don't know. There's, there's, there has to be different things. Why do you think, 
where do you think this stems from? Which? All These, of it? Yeah, this lack of an ability to um, understand beyond themselves, beyond their church and their community, understand more of global issues and, and where, I don't quite know what I'm trying to say. Like, you, you know, the idea that they don't want to talk about George Floyd in the bigger sense, they want to talk about it as it's just a, um, a sin problem instead of a systemic problem. Where do you think that comes from? Not wanting to talk about issues like that, because, you know, I would think as somebody who um, went to church when I was younger and doesn't go to church, I, don't, I was about to say, doesn't really go to church anymore. <laughs> be like me being like, I don't really eat meat anymore. <laughs> like I just don't, I don't go to church and I don't eat meat. And um, I'm fine with anyone who does either of those things and both things. Um, I, I don't understand where this desire to not talk about, oh, that's what I was trying to say. Because I would think that talking about the harder things would be the point of the church. Right. Talk, let's talk about the hard things with the support of our faith behind us. But then this sort of feels like they're using their faith as a cover to not do exactly that. I think there are a few things at play here. One of the things that comes comes into mind is the prosperity doctrine. What's that? Right? The so there's it, somewhere along the lines, the evangelical church or the Protestant church has aligned itself with capitalism. Now, I'm not saying that capitalism itself is evil or terrible or whatever. Like every system is just a system until you put the the pieces into it, right? But we have seen that unfettered, unregulated capitalism is a problem. Sure. That's why we have things like unions, business yeah. regulations, laws. We need that. Amazon. We need these things. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> so, you know, you've got this tie somehow that brings Christ and capitalism together, which means they have to justify their riches. Okay. okay that's that's what I that's my perspective. And that would be prosperity doctrine. We can be rich as long as we're giving our 10%. Okay. Now in and of itself, that's fine. You can be wealthy. Money itself is not evil. It's the love of money. When you make money, your idol, that's the problem. Sure. Yeah. Right. And so prosperity doctrine is what gets us the, you know, these mega churches where the pastors are flying private jets, driving <laughs> ridiculous cars when just to uh, a mile away, there are poor people starving, right? That's a problem to me. When Jesus yeah. said, it's easier to get to heaven. It's easier to get a camel through the eye of a needle than it is for a rich man to get to heaven. When in Acts, the first thing that, that the, the people did is give away stuff and sell stuff to pay for each other and, and bring everything together. Like that sounds kind of socialist, doesn't it? <laughs> not, not really capitalist, right? Welcome, um, welcome. So there's, there's just some interesting things there. And so I think that's part of it. I think there's also part of it is um, lack of diversity in leadership. I keep coming back to that. Yeah. If you don't have anyone at the table saying, wait a minute, this isn't, this, this isn't how this works in that community or whatever, you know, there, there's just no voices. Yeah. It's, you know, it's like having at a, at a marketing table, no women, and you're trying to um, mark, go to market with a feminine hygiene product. You might want to have women there running that because men don't know. Spoiler alert. 
guess what? It happens still. It happens now. a lot <laughs> everywhere. That's why all the tampon commercials are like, look at me, I'm dancing. Right. <laughs> um, which by the way, 2021, we're now seeing instead of everything's blue, we're now seeing red liquid to show that like, yeah, it's blood y'all. It's fine. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's okay to be realistic. <laughs> anyway. Anyway. Um, yeah. Uh, I think that's part of it, right? You've got, you've got people who just don't have the perspective. And so they're choosing that to have it. And so rather than that Sunday morning, you know, let's, let's say Saturday night, all of a sudden the pastor's like gets calls or texts or whatever from the leadership team saying, Hey, this murder happened. We probably ought to cover it tomorrow in some way and pray for our nation and like make this a talk about systemic problems. Instead, yeah. they just kind of go, eh, let's have a, you know, sermon about, you know, how to get richer. I don't know. That wasn't the, what it was, but you know, <laughs> like, now hang on. Cause I'll show up. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, you know, so that's, so that's, that's part of it. And I do want to say something about, about this particular, this particular church. And I'm, and I'm trying to be careful because I don't want to badmouth that church. It still is a, is a fine church. They do good work in the world. They do give, they support things. They have a, a recovery program for people. Like it's, it's a, it is a good church. Every church has its problems, right? Mm-hmm. One of my favorite things was when we um, used to have the baskets passed around for our tithes and offerings. Um, the pastor would occasionally say, by the way, this is giving Sunday. So if you have a need and there's cash in that basket, please go ahead and take it out. Nobody will judge you. If you need cash, please take it. And so, you know, obviously don't, don't take the checks because you can't use those. That's fraud. And we would all laugh. Um, don't open envelopes. But like if you and, and if you have cash that you can spare, put in the basket right now and help somebody else. Right. Yeah. So we would do those kinds of things. And so there's, there's, there's a giving heart there. No doubt about it. Um, I was not abused at this church. There's nothing like that going on as far as I know. So I want to be clear, but I just feel like the church in general in America, we're getting it wrong. We are not serving our underserved communities the way I think Jesus would. I think that's a really good point to make because I think that often we will say things like, well, look at, for example, giving Sunday. That's, that's great. And so I think that sometimes people want to use that as cover. Um, we don't need to, you know, they have their flaws, but overall they're doing fine. So we're not going to bring up, um, and you know, we're all, uh, we're all human beings. We're all made up of good and bad and silly and great and dumb and smart. (laughs) You know what I mean? So I think, you know, saying they're not a, not being the best doesn't make you bad having room for improvement doesn't make you all bad. You're not either all good or all bad. Yep. And I think that um, that is something to remember. And that sounds like something that um, in general, the church can maybe try and remember because yeah. um, you know, there's always room for improvement Yep. and there's always time for self-reflection and trying to find ways to better yourself, whether you're um, an organization or an individual, you know? Yep. Absolutely. And pointing out where we fall short doesn't have to be a negative thing, right? Here's where we can improve depending on how you say it, you know? And, and certainly I'm sure I could do a lot better as far as giving feedback. I don't feel like it would be heard. I, I know that some of that feedback has been given and it's been just kind of washed over. Well, that's the other thing too, is like, you can, you have to protect yourself also and, and kind of protect your heart too, when you're giving feedback, if it's not going to be listened to and respected, 
then how many times can you be expected to give that piece of yourself to them? Yeah. Without, and, you know. And, and I know from experience personally, giving feedback fell on deaf ears. So there we go. Side note, is it okay to say that? Well, probably is that, not. Is that ableist? Uh, I mean, gen- genuinely, like, I, okay. So, so here's okay. the thing. Okay. I, I, uh, and we can keep this in so that like people can hear well, what I, what I go through. I don't think that we're, we're, um, I work on a show that has, um, hearing impaired actors. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, we have like, like multiple hearing impaired actors and we, at some point, somebody said something, um, in, in no way derogatory or anything, just we were preparing for, you know, you, there is a different preparation than having hearing actors, having hearing impaired actors, especially during COVID is just a little bit different. Um, same with vision impaired actors, which we had as well. Um, so somebody said something about blind or deaf, just kind of in general. And we said, or not, I said somebody who had been there last season. So knew more than I did about this said, um, we're actually not using that term anymore. Um, we're using hearing impaired and vision impaired, visually impaired, no vision impaired. Um, and I don't know because I am neither of those things. I, I, I don't know if it's necessarily ableist, but it definitely, I think is better because then it makes it sound binary. You're either deaf or hearing instead of hearing impaired, because as you know, because you also, um, worked at a hearing aid, hearing aid center and, um, and like the deaf community with a capital D is very Mm -hmm. proud of what they, who they are and what they do. Yeah. So this was a a hearing aid center and a place where the deaf community bought products to make their lives better. Yeah. So, um, well, anyway, so feedback that I did give, uh, was not acknowledged. I'll say it that way. There you go. There you go. See, instead of, instead of cliches and colloquialisms, uh, I'll just say what it is. It Maybe was, it is ableist because there is a better term for it, which is that it was not acknowledged. Yeah. Yeah. So there you go. So listeners, you just saw, let's saw you heard and deaf people can't, I'm not done. <laughs> Clearly. And listeners, uh, sorry, this is what Dan has to deal with, whether we're recording or not. And also, <laughs> um, Telling somebody who is hearing impaired something doesn't mean that they are not able to take in the information, but using the term, it fell on deaf ears does make it, that is what the colloquial term means. It means, or saying means, it means that it didn't resonate or you didn't resonate with it. Um, So. I can't resonate. People don't resonate. It resonates with me. It didn't resonate with you. Okay. Right. Okay. What is this episode? Anyway, anyway, the church, right? The church. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. So, in any case, I gave You're feedback. You're welcome. <laughs> what? Is that how he sounds? I uh, don't know. <laughs> our our picture of Jesus is way too white, by the way. He oh was my not, gosh. He's not white. Yes. Anyway, so that's I feel like that's life. how you should know what church you want to go to is just walk in, see how white their Jesus is, and then, yeah. um back off. Yep. Probably. So, um, I gave feedback at one point and it was not acknowledged or anything. And then like months later, just a kind of a text is like, Hey, how's it going? What? So the, the, the pastor had a 
Sunday message before the election that was how would Jesus vote? And I was like, all right, I don't think this is going to go well. Yeah. I have seen the evangelical arm of this church align behind a man whom I think is everything that the church is not. Mm-hmm. And, you know, certainly as a Christian, you can vote, vote for him. I'm like, that's, that's your, that's your right. And your call and your pers- whatever, Sure. but the church Prestige. as a whole, yep. hundred percent. But the church as a whole, I just, I, I don't, I don't understand their alignment with him. And so it was a real problem for me, but I, I, I watched and he had asked for feedback and eventually I gave it in the form of a very, I thought, well thought out email that was not disparaging. It was not demeaning. It was not mean. It was not, it was just well thought out and compassionate. And like, here's where I think this kind of falls short and, and had links to like things to other other leaders who agreed with me. So it wasn't just me saying it. Um, one of the, the issues that the evangelical church really aligns behind is anti-abortion. And so I made a comment in there about having that be a problem because actually under democratic presidents, the rate falls much greater, but they're always falling. The rates are always falling when we have better education and better, you know, all these that we've talked about before, right. In our previous episodes. So I had all of that. I even talked about how racism, you know, it's, it's, it's that, that, you know, there are too many believe that social justice is not godly when I believe that it is and blah, blah, blah. I even, I even made a comment. I can't out scripture you pastor, <laughs> but what I can do is see how my, my values align and, and whatever. And so I didn't want to get into an argument with him. Anything. Zero reaction from this person. No, thank you for the well thought out thoughts. No, thank you for your service to our church for the last 10 years or in my wife's case, 18 years, like just nothing. Radio silence. I wasn't looking for a, you're so right. I'm so wrong. I'm so sorry. Please come back. You're our savior. Like nothing like that. Yeah. Any kind of an acknowledgement about what this message might've meant coming from me, how much I put into it. Nothing. My service to the church for 10 years, nothing. I thought, gosh, if I can't even give that feedback and hear anything back, what's the point? Yeah. Why would I then, why would I then go to leadership and say, you know, y'all might need some diversity in, at, at this table. You might want a female voice here. You may want someone from the community who doesn't look like you old white men, right? Like, I don't know that that's going to go over well. So I guess that's where like, you know, some people listening might say, well, why didn't you give feedback? Well, at one point I didn't, nothing was ever acknowledged or anything. So why would I, what's the point? Like you said earlier, Kim, you got to protect your, your heart, your sanity or whatever. I don't know that it matters. So I'm concerned that the white church in America is at that point. They don't want to hear feedback, right? They don't, you know, and I say they in this big sense of like the leadership at white churches. Now, fortunately, my hope is in those pastors and leaders who are doing that work. There are lots. Yeah. And I see on Twitter, people sharing stories about, you know, women who are going into leadership at churches and how, you know, and, and it's funny because so many are like, well, that's, you know, blasphemy. And no, no, it's not. Jesus, Jesus, tapped on the shoulder of many women and said, please go lead my church. It's sprinkled throughout scripture. And that was back when women had zero voice in society. He was doing that back then. What do you think he wants to do now? So, so there is hope in my mind that we can do it, but that's, that's how it's failed me in the last couple of years. Um, I have a question about something that you said in your email, social justice work is not godly. Yeah. 
Is that something that they, the church believes? I hear the perspective that social justice is, and things like critical race theory are Marxist. And Marxist was an atheist. Marx was an atheist. Marxist was not his name. <laughs> Karl Marx was <laughs> an atheist. Marxist? Yeah. Frank Marxist. Yeah. Um, so working on things like social justice should be handled at a personal sin level, not systemic, because that's socialist. And critical race theory is against everything to do with God. And it's, you know, like all that. So, yeah. Yeah. So, yes, the answer is yes. Fascinating. Yeah. That's um, not for me. Yep. Now, that's not every church, Trying to be better about saying that that's bad instead of just, instead just saying like, that's not for me. I mean, that's not great. (laughs) Not for me. Not for me. That is a bummer. And I would imagine difficult because it must just be really hard because I know that your faith is really important to you. And I would have a really hard time with that if uh, I were in your position as well, because it's not like you made this decision and I don't know, just feels like church is more of a community. And so, you know, if you make your sort of feeling pushed out by a community, I would imagine. Yeah, exactly. And I'm very much a We're having community beliefs person. that you believe are, you know, right. And yeah, you are, you are a community person. You know, I found um, a church online through my work in anti-racism that says their, their mission statement on their homepage says, we believe that Jesus's message of unconditional love means that every human being is a child of God and is worthy of love, respect, and inclusion as a reconciling congregation of the United Methodist church. We welcome and embrace people regardless of sexual orientation, gender identity, and gender expression, race, ethnicity, age, faith history, economic standard, economic status, physical and mental ability, education, and housing status. We stand against discrimination and exclusion by choosing to worship and serve with all people through love, acceptance, and reconciliation. And that's the kind of social justice that that the church can do and should do, I feel like, right? And that's where... I think the churches are getting it right in my, my, the, the paragraph that I wrote in that email said, I choose to follow teachings from spiritual leaders who believe racism is a sin. The church must address that social justice is godly, that holding our leaders accountable for their character, as well as their policy is vital. And that taking care of our citizens with health programs and life beyond birth, isn't socialism, but a worthy cause. And I felt like that really kind of said where I think a lot of churches are failing right now. Yeah. So do you think the solution is more inclusion, um, diversifying their leadership, or do you think that there is a different solution that, um, you haven't addressed here? I mean, do you think I have an answer to that? No, I don't know. I'm genuinely curious. Maybe you don't have an answer to that. That's a, that's a very big question. I, I I was just wondering, because I think I was wondering if I had said something before that you were like, want me to say, um, (laughs) no, if I want you to say something, I'll tell you what to say. Okay. <laughs> and then you'll say it. <laughs> That's fair. I'm different than this outside of the show. I'm better. So, I, don't, I don't know if you are. Um, That's true or not. That's part of the fun of our conversations over the course of our entire lives together. <laughs> so to answer your question, I think that's, I think that is one of the most powerful starting points because that forces you to listen. Mm-hmm. It brings different perspectives. It brings new information. Um, if we can be empathetic, 
we do that when we are shoulder to shoulder with somebody. Yeah. We don't do it when they're out there in the congregation and we're back here behind our closed doors. Right. Yeah. A church can say, we don't judge all are welcome. We don't care if you're transgender or if you're gay or lesbian or whatever you are, come in. And then from the pulpit, talk about how, how every single sermon talks about husbands and wives all the time. Yeah. Right. I, I didn't think about this until recently. I saw somebody tweet about it, that essentially not only is it like hyper hetero, it's all about marriage. Mm, how yeah, often that's a good point. do we talk about singles? Yeah. And then, then that's okay. There's nothing wrong with being single. You're not a, I know <laughs> <laughs> like, Right. But that's something yeah. that we, that we don't, that, that we, that's another way how we exclude. Right. Because every, and I believe in so many churches, the, whether it's elders, the board of directors, the, whoever the leadership team is, they're all cisgender, straight, hetero, married men. Right. And so nothing that we say in those meetings di- diverges from that. And so, yeah, that's my biggest suggestion or thought on, on, on making your churches more inclusive and actually tackling things like social justice again, without being that white savior. Yeah. Right. We're going to go open up a satellite church in this black or Brown neighborhood. And we're going to do it by giving away coats and giving away hot chocolate and giving away money and giving, giving, because you can't take care of yourselves. (laughs) We're going to come take care of you. And then we're going to teach you how to worship in our way. And I've heard this on other podcasts, like the Antioch podcast in particular, um, a couple of the folks on that show um, are black and they are Christian and they talk about how their churches are different from white churches and that a white church worship team, they get three songs. Every song better be three to three and a half minutes and then we're done. Whereas in a black church, there, there may be a lamenting Sunday where they spend 30 minutes on one song hmm. because they're in worship and lament. And that's just what the spirit has moved them. And if they get out a half an hour later, nobody's banging on the door going, get me the heck out of here. I'm done. Like, yeah. it's a different experience. And not that the white church is wrong, that you shouldn't do that, that you can't do that, but there's no room for other voices and perspectives. So again, that leadership team is what does it. And part of it is, I think of that because too many companies do the same thing. Mm-hmm. And so if you just... That. That, Cause that's that when you say something like you get this X amount of time for X amount of things, and this is what it is. It, that is a very rigid sounding company. Yep. And it's, and, and that's what, you know, companies will hire to check off a box. Well, we've got, you know, two black women and one black guy here and uh, you know, Hispanic whose parents immigrated from Mexico. We're good. Like that's not how this works. If your leadership team is completely straight white, you have no diversity in there. Yeah. Straight white Republicans, right? Like, and again, not every company is this way, but I see, I've seen that again and again. And yeah. so I think like a business, a church has to be diversified and not just check off a box. You know, yeah. the, the, we've got one black family that comes to this church. We're good. That's not what this means. Yeah. So yeah, diversity and leadership, diversity of, of race, ethnicity, uh, perspective, gender identity. All of that is important and it has to be organic. It has to be welcoming. It can't just be, you know, I'm going to find the, 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 the token black person in our community who believes exactly how I believe. Yeah. It's gotta be perspectives too. 
It's my opinion. And your church that you're starting meets. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <Just kidding. laughs> tell you, man. It's funny. I have, I, I, I love my faith. I have no problem praying with people, with strangers. And if people say, I don't want it, I'm okay with that. I have no, I, it's never beating them over the head with it. Um, I truly believe that we were created by an omniscient being who set all this in motion and is letting us have our free will to love or not as we choose. And he loves us, you know, and, and I think about me as a parent, my kids, I, I love them. There's nothing they can do that'll change that love. I accept them when they break the rules. I still accept them and I love them. Yeah. Right. And so those rules that we have in place for faith are good to have, but it's also like, it's not the end of, end of the world. Yeah. It's not going to change how much, how fiercely my creator loves me and loves each one of us, you know? And so I want people to experience that. I don't want them to experience the, the exclusion and the mocking and the, you know, holier than now, as Metallica said, the God that failed. Right. Yeah. I don't want people to experience that. Um, and so it, it saddens me when I see that it saddens me when I see churches be that white savior. And instead of being a, a partner in the community, um, all that. So, yeah. but there are churches that are, that are doing it well, I think. And I, and I love to, you know, celebrate them. And if somebody has one of those in Southwest Michigan, hit me up. <laughs> and where can they find you? Uh, oh gosh, that's, yeah, that's a great point. Look at you being a segue artist. Hello. They can find me uh, on Twitter at Dan Moyle and Instagram at Dan Moyle. Uh, they can email me through our email, myamericapod at gmail.com. Nice. There you Excellent. go. Excellent. And how about you, Kim? I'm at producer Kim. No. <laughs> at, uh, at Kim Moffitt on Instagram and Twitter. Very good. I just and did the segue because it was a good segue, but it um, was. You, is there anything you want to add? No, I, or I wasn't trying to cut you off. Listen, if you want to keep me to my time, no, um, no, I mean, I, I would be in danger of talking circles now probably and talking down to people. And I don't want to do that. Yeah. Uh, that was my, my perspective. And, and I'm feeling, I'm feeling hopeful, but also very disappointed. And I see that in social media right now, a lot, there are a lot of folks who are feeling the same thing. Like I love my faith. I love my Jesus. I don't always love the Christians that are talking about them. And so what do I do? And so I don't have an answer to that question. I have the same question. What do I do? And so for those listening, you want to hit us up on, on social media, either my America pod um, on social or Dan Moyle on social. I'd love to have that conversation because I want to know what we should do now. How can we have a church that does these things that we think and doesn't always get it right. We know that. Yeah. But what do we do? So there you go. Great episode. Thanks for letting me, thanks for this, this, was definitely a therapy podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I was taking notes. Well, hopefully those who are listening, get something out of it and, and get some hope out of it. And again, hit us up if you got ideas and suggestions. This is a, this is a conversation. So it's yeah. okay to talk about religion. Absolutely. <laughs>